Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, the show that tackles the most taboo money topics you're currently thinking about. I'm Nicole Lapin, financial expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe that just because we're socially distancing doesn't mean we need to be financially distancing. Everyone has concerns about money these days, but the biggest problem is not talking about it. So that's why we're back for a bonus season to face these issues and talk about solutions. Because there are solutions. So let's not stress and get through this together. Hey, Nicole. Oh, hello, Jason. How has the last week of quarantine been for you? So it's been a lot of DIY action. I actually just got my desk delivered. Big Mm -hmm. news. And I got stickies for the wall. (laughs) What does it Um, mean? What does stickies on the wall mean? So I didn't realize, obviously, like everybody else in the world, we would be in this situation for this long. So I have slowly been acquiring things that I need to do my job and to film videos, for instance. So I have been getting a bunch of deliveries and I do a lot of tipsy Amazon shopping. <laughs> and I had this genius idea. You're drunk shopping. I was drunk shopping. So I was trying to figure out how am I going to make this sort of ski house I'm in look like my aesthetic that I normally shoot in. So I was investigating some wallpaper and I thought, oh, a hack could be coming up with little decals that look like triangles and then pasting them all over the place. So it kind of resembles wallpaper or gives Mm. like a little bit of texture with the depth of field that we're trying to create. Anyway, so I've been pasting stickers. So then I receive a bunch of these packages and sometimes I'm just like, who bought this? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see, this is where I wanted to go. This is what you're doing when you're drunk shopping? I'm buying decals. I I mean, this... This is the most constructive drunk shopping I've ever heard. Yeah. Usually when people drunk shop, they open the package and it's, what is it? Yeah, like a tie-dye onesie. Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly Speaking of deals, this is what we're talking about today on Hush Money. Getting yourself a deal. We've had a lot of questions about dealing with bills and can you negotiate people down? And in fact, we have one here that we should listen to right now. Hi, Nicole and Jason. My name is Simran, and I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. And recently, with everything going on, my family members and I are trying to be a lot more mindful about our spending. I've heard from some of my own friends that they've been able to negotiate their phone bill, and I'm thinking about doing the same. But I'm curious, what are some other things that could potentially be negotiated? Okay, great question. And also, Nicole, I am super interested in what you have to say about this because I know you have a lot of strategy. But for what it's worth, I just threw this out on social media today to see what people have negotiated. All sorts of things that I had no idea were negotiable. So a couple of them. Anastasia told me that she negotiated 50% down with her accountant. Alexander said that he and his wife got their rent down from $2,200 to $1,650. And then my my friend Joe Cohane uh, reminded me that um, he once did a story where he went around haggling for everything. And the best thing that he got by far, which I guess doesn't really apply to now, but maybe will apply to the future, is that he called a nice restaurant and said that he would agree to eat there if they comped him two glasses of wine. And they said, okay. Which he just, is my hero. Yes, I know. So that just tells me that 
the world of negotiation is way, way bigger than I ever imagined it is. Dude, welcome to negotiating. Tell me. Tell me it all. It's my favorite sport. That's how I'm getting my cardio these days. <laughs> you know, I actually sent this out on social media, too. And I heard from this woman, Jenna, who was telling me that she negotiated a ton of her business software and subscriptions as well. So she sent me a note saying that she runs a really lean machine, but then she went through her G Suite emails. She cut out inactive emails. That saved her 40 bucks a month. She then went in and paused a website plugin that they weren't fully utilizing. She found an alternative. So she kept finding these different things within her business to get even leaner, which I thought was awesome because what I took away from that was put a new, new normal lens on all of your subscriptions, whether it's at work or in your personal life. Yeah. So here are the things that I like to think we should negotiate. Yeah. These are the biggies. Okay. Housing. Housing. Like rent? Yeah. Rent. And also there's a lot of relief right now with the CARES Act, for instance, if you have a mortgage backed by the federal government, so Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and that's easy for you to check online there's already relief in there. Mm. If you have a mortgage with private lenders, then a lot of lenders, a lot of banks have their own relief programs in place. So you want to check with your bank. And then a lot of states also have their relief programs in place. So you want to check on that. California has put into place a huge sweeping moratorium on payments and evictions. Connecticut has followed suit. And so a lot of this stuff is in play, whether it's through the CARES Act or whether it's through your bank or your state specifically. And the best part about that is that you don't have to choose. You can get all the benefits. Yeah. You know, I have done that. My mortgage is through Wells Fargo. And it was literally as simple as opening the Wells Fargo app, signing in and tapping a button that said, delay my mortgage for three months. It was amazing. It was so fast and easy. I was actually shocked at how easy it was. And Wells Fargo is not even paying you to say that. Yeah. Um, Uh, Do you think that people who are renting apartments like right now, what can they do? So call your landlord. I know this is an uncomfortable conversation to have. Ask for an extension in payments. You know, one of my tricks is to offer your security deposit because remember, you already paid when you moved in. Mm -hmm. So offer to use that as a rent option. I've received a bunch of notes from landlords as well that are like, hey, we need to pay our bills. We want to give people a break, but we are also struggling. And so, you know, I think come to it from a place of empathy and humanity all around, but then come up with solutions and then remind any bill collector of how responsible you are, you know, whether it's your credit score or how you pay on time. And all of that stuff is really important to remind them and coming up with solutions like, hey, you know, can I defer for three months? But be really, really, really careful. I cannot stress this enough. Whether it's housing via a mortgage or via rent, you want to know straight up what's going to happen at the end of those three months. You want to know what happens to your payments. Is that going to be a lump sum that you're responsible for at the end of those three months after the deferment period is over? What happens to taxes? What happens to the length of your mortgage if you have a mortgage? So you want to ask all of those questions before you say yes to any deal. Do you want to get that stuff in writing? It it feels like it could be weird to say, hey, I need some help. Can you help me out? And your landlord's like, yes, I'll help you out with this. And then you say, let's put it in writing so that it's official. But is that what you need to do? 
Yeah, but that's like a negotiation for anything, Jason. Even if you don't have a contract, you just have to basically recap your conversation on an email. And it can be super casual, but that Mm. usually will be upheld if there's ever an issue. So you just say, hey, you know, just to recap what we talked about, you know, we're going to do bloody blah. And thanks so much. It could be super conversational. It doesn't Uh, need to be legal. So you need to just, you're just saying like, you don't have to create some kind of like legal contract that you both sign. Just create a record of it. If you're dealing with a landlord directly, like if you're dealing with a person versus an institution, then I would say keep it casual. If you're dealing with, you know, an institution or you're negotiating your credit card debt or you're negotiating your interest rates or any of that stuff, you want to make sure before you get off any calls, ask for a reference number, ask for an email confirmation, ask when you should expect that, ask if there are any other steps you should be aware of, ask what kind of documents you need to submit. You know, there's there's sometimes like these technicalities that you don't want to screw yourself in the long run just because you forgot one little step in the process. So I think there's so much relief out there already and the climate is so ripe for this negotiation. You just want to make sure that you have your own back for when actually these payments come due. So you sent me, before we started talking, these scripts that you have written for these kinds of moments, which is a really smart thing to do so you can see how a conversation like this could happen. And I'm looking at one right now, uh, which is the sample script for car payments. Do you want to just, should we run through it? Are we role playing this? Yeah, of course we are. We're going to, we're going to act this thing out. Great. Ready? Okay. Okay. This is, ready. this is straight from Nicole Lappin, script writing. Car payments. (laughs) And scene. My financial circumstances have changed suddenly because of the coronavirus pandemic, and I'm now newly unemployed. What options might be available for me for adjusting my monthly payment? Well, Jason, I see that your next payment is due in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I could change the date of your payment to two months from now instead of that date. Would that help? Ah, I don't have any guarantee of my unemployment benefits coming through by then or the stimulus check. Is there any way a payment extension might be possible? I am so sorry you're experiencing hardship right now, but everyone is asking for help, as you know, so I can't authorize that. Well, my friend uses Joe's car company, and they can offer me a lower interest rate if I refinance through them in addition to a 90-day delay on my first payment. If you don't have any options for me, I'm going to have to switch to them. While I've been a good, long-time customer of yours, my hands are tied. Hmm. Let me speak to a supervisor and see what I can do. And scene. Okay, so... That was good. That was... I felt like Daniel Day-Lewis in there. But what happens is, you know, there's always a manager to speak with, right? So Mm. if you have time, which we do right now, continuing to ask for manager upon manager could actually pay off. So, okay, here's the thing that I found really interesting about this script. At the beginning, my character did not ask for anything specific left it pretty general. What options are available to me? And then your character gave me something. The rep gave me something. And then after that, I started drilling down to more specific things than I need, which is actually a bit different than I would have expected. I would have thought that maybe the way to go about it was to come with a very specific ask off the bat. 
Ooh. Why did you write this so that it was open at the beginning? Interesting, because you don't want to negotiate against yourself. Ah. You want to get somebody's starting offer. So, like, if you're hiring a freelance writer, would you tell them right off the bat, like, how much an article would be? Or would you ask them how much they're expecting to get? That's, well... I guess I should be doing the second thing. But instead, what I always do is I offer the first thing and I just tell them what we could pay. And then sometimes they try to negotiate up from there and I tell them no. Like I have a hard, I'm basically giving them my ceiling immediately is what I'm doing. Yeah, but let's say, okay, so let's say Mm -hmm. you could offer a hundred bucks for an article and you say, hey, Nicole, what are you expecting to get for this article? And I say, 50 bucks. Then what would you say? Sold. Right. And, and you just saved bad. 50 bucks. Yeah. No, that I'd, that I'd be happy, actually. Yeah. No, that's that's true. And then, so, but what if I said, what are you expecting to pay? And you said, 150 bucks. And then I said, oh, I only have $100. Right. And then we're just negotiating. Yes, Jason. That's, that's what, what negotiation <laughs> is all about. That's right. But that basically just puts you where you would have been if you did it your way anyway. Right. That's a good point. You need to go in super well-prepared, super researched with whatever you're negotiating. So there are a bunch of websites that can help you compare prices, whether it's through insurance or internet companies. There's a site I found, whistleout.com, where you can check different competitors. You can go on to jdpower.com and check out what different car companies are doing so you can get a sense of what competitors are up to. And, you know, threatening to leave to any bill collector, whether it's your landlord or your car company, they would throw you a bone versus losing you as a customer. And if they fear they're going to get nothing, they will more often than not give you something. Uh By the way, always, always say like, psych in the last minute. So even if you've been negotiating for two hours and you're with the CEO of the company and they're like, all right, you know what, Jason, smell you later. It's been nice having you as a customer calling your bluff. Bye-bye. Like, even until the very, very end, you can just be like, actually, I changed my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, So right. continue to threaten to leave, get to the cancellation department. And at any time, you know, you could just be like, yeah, just kidding. Let me let me think about this. Bye. Right. Because they're going to they'd rather hold on to your business. Totally. Yeah. I like this. I'm going to do this. I haven't done this nearly So, enough. like, think about, have you have you ever negotiated your credit card APR? No. You know what APR is, right? No. What does it mean? <laughs> what is it? Okay, so APR is the interest rate that you're paying on your credit card. APY is the interest that you get in your bank account. And it's all negotiable. And the answer is always no if you don't ask. Getting back to the idea that you should be researching everything, just know going in that, you know, Amex has relief programs, B of A does, Capital One, Chase, City, Discover, Synchrony, which I just discovered is the parent company of Lowe's, Sam's Club and all that. You know, they all have COVID-19 programs. And so going in knowing that is very helpful. What can you ask for? Let's say you applied for a credit card and then you listened to our show and you were like, I'm going to get my credit score up. And then you did. Then you can even have a better leg to stand on calling the credit card company and be like, hey, since I applied for this credit card, my credit score has increased blah blah And so can you recalculate what my interest rate should be? So always ask for 
a lower rate, demonstrate why you should have a lower rate. Then there are other things you can ask for, like getting fees waived, reducing a monthly minimum. You can ask for a credit increase. And by the way, always take a credit limit increase, even if you don't think you're going to need it. Why is that? Uh, Because you might need it in the future. Yes, maybe. But a big part of your credit score is your credit utilization. So how much of the available credit you have and how little of that you're actually using. So if you're going to max it out, then probably don't take it. But if you're going to use your credit responsibly, then you want the most credit possible, even if you're not going to use it, and especially if you're not going to use it, and then use a small percentage of that. So like if you have $10,000 credit limit, you use $1,000 of that. That's showing creditors like, hey, she could have gone buck wild, Amazon drunk shopping like a banshee, but she didn't. She's super responsible. And even if she had a $20,000 credit limit and she just used $1,000 again and didn't act like an Amazon banshee, and she's even better. (laughs) That got dramatic. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. So you're basically what you're saying, if I can boil it down to a few words, you're underpromising and overdelivering. You're you're setting expectations in one way so that you know you can exceed those expectations. Sure. It's a very poetic way to just say take as much credit as possible. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. Well, I feel like you have set up very well in saying that we need to keep having these conversations. If you listening right now have some kind of money problem that you need to have a conversation about, you need some answers, we got them. So all you have to do is take out your phone preferably after you have listened to this episode. And then you should open the voice memo app and start recording. Say your name, what your situation is, what your question is. Keep it to 60 seconds. Email it to us, hushmoneypodcast at iheartmedia.com. And we might answer it on the show. All right, Nicole, I feel like we've done our good work here. You can get back to drunk shopping. I wish I could negotiate for decals. I'm going to try. I want to know what it's like when you negotiate drunk. I'll let you know tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hold up. 